когда мы первую ночь ночевали в подвале. That first night that we were in the basement, I was sleeping next to my children, and my only prayer was, if God takes us, let it be all together. Because I didn't want the struggle of either the children losing us or us losing children. But I am thankful to God that through everything He has led us to safety and that we are alive and well. I'm Joel Moss, and this is the Native Missions Podcast. This is truly a refuge, and you can see it on the children's faces. The most receptive people for the gospel would have been those people who were outcast. Actually, shining a light on millions of people who have no Do you know what it feels like to have only a few days to make a life-changing decision? To choose whether to stay in harm's way to help others but send your family to safety? Or to flee with your family but leave others behind in danger? Have you driven up to an intersection not knowing which road led towards danger and which road led to safety? Alexei and Lena Semenov know. As leaders of Open Doors Ministries in Ukraine, they faced all of these decisions when Russia invaded their country in February. After fleeing to the U.S., Alexei and Lena were willing to sit down with us and share their struggles, their hopes, and their hearts. This was our conversation. I want to say welcome to Alexei and Lena Simonov coming from the Ukraine. Uh, this is a special podcast opportunity that we have to hear first-hand accounts of what is going on in Ukraine. And the hope is that you as a listener can understand what it was like to be there, what it is like as a Ukrainian now, and um, hear their heart for orphans and for the Lord. So I want to start off by just saying welcome to Alexei, who's on the mic right now. Thank you for all being here. I want to start off, I know you have been through a lot, but I want to, if I can, have you go back to when the Russian troops were building up. What was going through your mind as a ministry leader, as a husband, and as a father? At first, I didn't believe that everything was as serious as it sounded. We have heard a lot that there might have been a war, but we didn't believe it ourselves. But when it was happening at 5 a.m. on the 24th of February, when my wife Lena woke me up and we heard the bombings, and many days it felt like a dream, and I felt like I would wake up and everything would be all right. But we made a decision to gather as a church and as a family in the basement. Many people have gathered together and left right away, and then others have gathered in the basement with us. And we had many decisions that we needed to take. And when you were gathered, what was the time frame between 
you heard they were invading and we need to do something. We heard the bombing start at five o'clock in the morning and as a church we gathered together at seven. So a matter of hours. And did you know how much time you had? No, not at all. What were your prayers? What were your thoughts at that time? During that time, we gathered together and prayed, and we just thought that it would all be over by the time we were done praying and, and worshiping. We read many psalms as well. Many more people were coming and coming as the hours went by, and they didn't know where to go, and they had a lost look in their eye. And many of the children were looking at it like it was a movie, as they didn't understand what was really going on. I would, I would think I, I would be in shock. I would just be not even thinking clearly. Yes. When or how did did you take a lead a lead in this and say somebody needs to take charge and make a decision, or was it a group that decided? He, these are the steps we're going to take as a church. As we were gathering with the church, uh, we had to make decisions in that basement, and many of us had to figure out what was going to happen next, what we were going to do, and I was ready to stay in the basement. But then, as a church, my brothers in Christ, we decided that we should move all the children, the women, out as fast as possible. And we made a decision as brothers that only those that want to stay can stay or those that are not married will stay. And many of those that did stay were the ones that had no family or the ones that decided they wanted to stay. It was one of the hardest nights to come to that decision. And we were shocked full of adrenaline and we were scared, so we were just asking God to show us the right decision. And we were drinking sweet tea to get our organism to stop the rush of adrenaline. What part of your faith was helpful or reassuring or comforting during that time? I remember Psalms where it says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want, and that helped me get through this. And I just asked the Lord to guide me and show me what he wants me to do. And as we were leaving Kyiv, we saw many tanks and aircrafts flying around, and we just asked the Lord to lead us out. And I look back at this now and see that God led us. We had no clue where we were going. We just knew that we had to get out of the borders. But we had no thought of where we were going. And sometimes when we would come to intersections, we would just pray to God, where should we go, to the right or to the left? And as we were driving through the winding streets, we fully left it up to God where we went. 
нас было несколько машин, It was first thing we felt was fear, and it just felt like a nightmare. And every day that came, we praised God that, thank you that we are still alive. And after we left Kyiv, we had no idea where we're going, but if God willed, we will make it out alive. That first night that we were in the basement, I was sleeping next to my children, and my only prayer was, if God takes us, let it be all together. Because I didn't want the struggle of either the children losing us or us losing the children. But I am thankful to God that through everything he has led us to safety and that we are alive and well. If you were to talk to a mother here in the U.S. and give them advice, what would you say, how, how would you, what would you say, I would not delay doing this or I would not wait to do this, I would do this now because it became important when this happened? My only suggestion is that to all mothers is that you should tell your children about God to accept Him and to follow Him because we don't know when our time is up. We'll get back to our interview in just a moment. But first, a brief testimony from A&M donors Jim and Susan Brandt. To me, that that was uh, obedient to the Great Commission. Well, I kind of agree with what Jim just said, and um, that is what God has, Jesus told us to do in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And, um, and also um, being able to do that without having to physically be there, working with the people in their own country that know the culture, know the language, um, you know, the, that that know how to deal with the people, with the government, with the, you know, the powers that be, and especially in a lot of these countries where they're being persecuted for their faith, and being able to reach out and beyond your typical borders and going into the tribes and the, the, um, the unreached people groups. And so um, that, that excites me to think of how many people, when I go on these to see how many people are coming to know Jesus who have a hunger and a heart for, for hearing about Jesus that would never have been reached without the native pastors being able to go to them and, and seeing the growth that um, that they are experiencing, experiencing all over the world and people who are hungry for the gospel and they're hungry for hearing about Jesus. And with all these refugees and different people who have been, their whole lives have been turned upside down and they're looking for hope. They have no hope, they've lost everything. 
and to have boots on the ground, so to speak, right there where um, they're already there. We don't have to wait for it to go through some bureaucracy and, you know, if they're right there to help out. And I just, that excites me to, uh, to read the stories and, and hearing what God, how God's using them. Now back to our interview with Alexei and Lena Simonov from Ukraine. Could you, could you talk about what happened during this time with those transition homes? And Many of the children from those homes were together with us in that basement. And there were many also taking on that decision if they wanted to stay or if they wanted to go. And many of them already left to Romania. Some of them already made it to America by that time. All we could do is pray for them and keep in contact with them and uphold them in not only prayer but also financially as well as well as contact with the people that are still there. Some of them are still in Ukraine. Some of them already went to the army. Others went back to their apartments. And a lot of people are serving God and helping people that are coming for help. A lot of them were worried because they were left alone. And many of them were really prideful, but they would call me and cry. God truly worked in their hearts. And they saw how God took care of them as a father, as a shepherd. And they saw the strength of the church. And on many different occasions, they are trying their best. Alexei, could you tell us about a specific young man or woman and how they have dealt with all of that's happened? There is a boy named Artem. You might know him from the blog. He stayed behind in Kiev. And in the first two nights, he didn't even stay at the basement. He stayed at the transition home. But after a few days of the bombings, he ended up coming back down to the basement. Then he went around and met with other people in Ukraine. And he spent around a month sitting in a church. He was very sick. The church looked after him, and we kept in contact with him daily. And after a few days, he ended up coming back to Kiev. He called me in tears. He didn't know what to do. He saw that many people were being taken to the army. And I think that he was very just scared to go to the army. But right now, he is taking care of the kids in those basements, and he is feeding them. He's taking care of children that are affected by the war, by their parents being and abusing drugs. I think he has found his calling. That is one story of him. One of the f- girls there, her name was Natasha. She was 
She lived in a home and then later with us. She was not in the country at that time when the war started. She didn't understand what to do next. Я написал группе предложение, что если кто-то может, могут поехать в Польшу I wrote in a group to my friends to, if they are able to, to go to Poland, to be able to serve there and help people. And as I wrote to the group, those that are willing to go to serve the orphans there, she was one of the first to go. And she was there over two weeks. She had groups for the children as well as games, and she tried her best to help them. There was children from America, and they offered her to come with them to America. And now she, is, she was able to come here. And that was one of the girls. As you are sharing, what I see in my mind is like a bucket of objects that were organized and someone just dumped them out and spilled them. And everything is out of order and out of place. So you have, you're dealing with a lot of moving pieces all at the same time. It would be overwhelming to me. We were serving all these children throughout the years. We were telling them about God, and we were able to minister to them multiple times. And we read together in Matthews where we should go to the ends of the earth preaching. And I look at this as God spreading us all to different sides of different parts of the earth so we may be able to spread his word. We're so spread out, some are in the army, some are still helping the children, some are in different streets, helping with construction. They have been spread throughout the world. But each one of them is a student of Christ. And they all know what to do. In some ways, you are their parents, and you must feel... You are proud of them, but you also uh, hurt for them. I would think it's kind of it's like a mix a mixture of pride, being proud of them and what they're doing, but also hurting for them. That is one of our biggest pains. That we are all separated. But we are happy that we are able we were able to teach them and let them follow Christ all these years. And right now, they're learning to walk. And even though they may stumble, they may fall, they always get up as they know who Christ is. And we still pray for them and we believe in them because we know God will provide for them and as well will lead them. And that is our biggest happiness. I think of um, James chapter 1 where he says, various trials produce 
I can't think of the sequence, but it produces perseverance, like trials produce growth. Yes, God gives different challenges to those with different strengths. And He gives you the strength to pass them. And we become stronger. It's not a choice that I would make, and I don't think you would have made it willingly, and yet, and yet God is using it. Yes, exactly. We as people want to live in comfort, but God leads us to uncomfortable situations. And this is where we see how close we are to Him. It may not be simple, but we learn from it. I just saw you smile a little bit, and that was good. <laughs> that was good, and amidst the, the hurt, there is still, um, there's still joy there. Amen. We see living God in everything. And even though we can't see the full picture, God guides us fully. What are you more aware of or thankful for as a married couple during this time? The thing that we're most happy of is that God has left us both alive. Because many of the families have been destroyed, and that is very heavy and hard to deal with. But I'm glad that God left us all as a family. Lena, what are you thankful for as a married couple these days? I'm very thankful that we were left together as many of the wives left by themselves while the husbands stayed behind. As a mother, it would have been hard to do to take care of the children, to take care of them spiritually and physically by myself. And I found myself in a panic multiple times, and only thanks to Alexei was I able to calm myself. Is there anything you have learned or grown as a couple during this time? To fully put our faith in God and live day by day. I want to say thank you to both of you for being willing to share with us. Thank you very much for having us. If you would like to help support families in Ukraine, visit advancingnativemissions.com forward slash Ukraine. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Native Missions Podcast. The Native Missions Podcast is a production of Advancing Native Missions. For more information on AM, visit advancingnativemissions.com.